0: the Lord with us to study from his word. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. It was a horrific practice that often in the ancient world, when a city was being attacked, the army would surround the city they would surround the city and let no supplies inside the city and no people out unless they surrendered. This is what the Babylonians did to Jerusalem for a year and a half. A year and a half, they camped around the city of Jerusalem. They let nobody out unless they surrendered, and many did, And they let no food in. And it came a point when all the food supply was gone. There was no food. There was no food inside the city. People are dying of famine as they are packed in close proximity. They are dying of disease. They are dying of pestilence. I am just describing the physical horrors of the destruction of Jerusalem in 587, 586 B.C. Just describing it a little bit. I cannot begin to think of all they felt emotionally as the men were killed and the women were often raped and killed. Such were the horrors of being controlled by another nation. And in this day, the one person who shows respect for Isaiah the prophet in all these verses, or excuse me, Jeremiah the prophet, in all these verses are from the book of Jeremiah, is the commander of Babylon who says, I know you have spoken the word of the Lord. And I know that you have said that your God is going to destroy this place because of the sins of your people and you can go anywhere you want within this land. You can go anywhere. They made Gedaliah governor of the land and Jeremiah chooses to stay with him. But Gedaliah is going to be murdered by one of his own commanders by the name of Ishmael. Now that is background and we have covered it very inadequately. Now it may be you don't know much of anything about this time period. I would encourage you if that's the case to read those passages. But don't let this deceive you. This lesson is extremely important. Simple. And yet, extremely profound. Because it deals with the bottom line issue in every one of our lives. Every one of our lives, no exception. But we're going to have three simple points from the text of Jeremiah 42 and 43. Jeremiah has shown himself to be a prophet. He has shown himself to be a, one who speaks the word of the Lord. He has spoken things. People didn't want to listen. People scoffed at him. And every word has been fulfilled. Every word has been fulfilled. The Babylonians themselves realize it. So now there is a time of problem. There is a time of difficulty. And this remnant of people who have killed the man the Babylonian set as governor over them are coming to Jeremiah with a question. Now as you open your Bibles to Jeremiah 42 and 43 you notice that 42 verse 1 describes the military commander 42 verse 1 says all the people small and great approach." Now, there's not many of them but they approached Jeremiah and they approached Jeremiah and look at verse 2 and they said to Jeremiah the prophet please let our petition come before you and pray for us to the Lord your God that is for all this remnant Because we are left but a few out of many as our our own eyes now see us. That the Lord your God may tell us the way in which we should walk and the thing which we should do. Now what they're saying, Jeremiah, pray to the Lord your God. You tell us what the Lord your God wants us to do. You tell us the way that He wants us to go. In verse 4, Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I'm going to pray to the Lord your God in accordance with your words. And it will come about that the whole message which the Lord will answer you, I will tell you, I will not keep back a word from you. They come to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you just tell us what the Lord says. And Jeremiah says, I will. I'll tell you everything that he tells me, I will tell you. I will not hold anything back. In verse 5, they said to Jeremiah, may the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us. If we do not act in accordance with the message which the Lord your God will send you to us, whether it is pleasant or unpleasant, we will listen to the voice of the Lord our God to whom, you are, to whom we are sending you. In order that it may go well with us, we will listen to the voice of the Lord our God. Now, their question is not specifically stated in these verses. The answer reveals clearly beyond a shadow of a doubt what the question is. The answer will be given in point two. But the question is obviously, what are we to do now? Are we to stay here in the land? Are we to stay here in Judah? Or are we to go to Egypt? What are we to do? What are we to do? Now, they constantly refer to Jeremiah as the Lord your God. I don't think that is a statement saying we don't have any relationship with him. Because you notice in verse 6, they use the phrase the Lord our God. I don't think they're they're disavowing a relationship with him. But what they do are saying is they know that God has shown that Jeremiah is a prophet, that Jeremiah has extreme uh, extreme, uh, familiarity with God in the sense that as the prophets, God has revealed his counsel to them in Jeremiah 23. and and you have such a close relationship with Him, you speak on His behalf, you say something and it comes to pass, and we want you to go to the Lord for us. And if the Lord tells us what we want to do, we're going to do it. And if the Lord tells us what we don't want to do, we're going to do it we're going to do whatever it is he tells us to do if it's pleasant if it's unpleasant we're going to do it now that's a good start How many times have we been at a crossroads in life? How many times have we been to a point where we had to make a decision and we don't approach that decision with prayer? We saw an example of that in our Joshua class this morning in Joshua 7. When we get to Joshua 9 and the Gibeonites, we'll see another example. When we face a decision, we need to look to God, look to His Word as they were doing in the case of turning to a prophet, asking His advice, and stating we're willing to do it, whatever it is. So we're off to a good start. Now, verses 7 through 22 are going to give the answer. Now, I want you to remember the question. The question is, should we stay in the land or go to Egypt? Now, young people. And I thought about defining young people. But I'm going to leave that undefined. But I am particularly talking to young people. I told some of you younger people earlier, I was gonna ask you a question in a sermon. And I gave some of you advanced notice to this, particularly those of us, those of you who are very young. I am begging you, listen closely. And I'm gonna ask you later to raise your hand at the right answer, okay? So listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what the Bible says. The question is, should we stay in the land or should we go to Egypt? Okay? That's the question. This is Jeremiah's answer. He waited 10 days before the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord revealed this to give this answer. But when the Lord revealed it to him, he told the people, he said in verse 10, If you will indeed stay in the land, then I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. I will relent concerning the calamity I have inflicted. On you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you are now fearing. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand. I will also show you compassion so that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your own soil. If you stay in the land, I'm going to build you up. I'm going to plant you, you will have no reason to fear the king of Babylon, I will show you compassion. That is the answer if you stay in the land. Now if you go to Egypt verses 13 especially through verse 18 says but if you say if you're going to say we will not stay in this land so as not to listen to the voice of the Lord your God saying no but we will go to the land of Egypt where we shall see war or hear the sound of a trumpet or hunger for for bread and we will stay there or excuse me I don't know if I read that. I don't know if I read the 9 They're saying we're going to go to Egypt. We're not going to see war. We're not going to hear the trumpet. We're not going to experience hunger. We're going to go to Egypt. Verse 15. In that case, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what's going to happen if you go to Egypt. O oh, remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel. If you really set your mind to enter Egypt and to go in to reside there, then it will come about the sword which you are afraid of will overtake you there in the land of Egypt. The famine which you are anxious Will follow closely after you there in Egypt and you will die. So all the men who set their mind to go to Egypt to reside there will die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. They will have no survivors. Or refugees from the calamity I'm going to bring on him. And God says in verse 18. As my anger and wrath has been poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So my wrath will be poured out on you when you enter Egypt. You will become a curse. An object of horror. An imprecation. A reproach. If you go to Egypt, you're going to experience the sword. You're going to experience sword, famine, and pestilence. You're going to have no survivors. My wrath is going to be poured out on you. Okay? Now, younger people, I'm asking you to raise your hand. How many of you younger people think that Jeremiah is telling them how many of you think he's telling them to stay in the land? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right. Now, we had some young people who didn't participate didn't participate. But everybody understood. Everybody understood. They come to Jeremiah, and they said, Jeremiah, we just want to know what the Lord said. And we're going to do whatever he says. If it's pleasant, we're going to do it. If it's unpleasant, we're going to do it. And Jeremiah gives the answer in very clear, very direct terms. If you stay in the land, you will experience compassion. If you go to the land of Egypt, my anger and wrath will be poured upon you. you understand that he is saying stay in the land. Don't go to Egypt. Now does that mean that nothing in the Bible demands careful thought and reflection? These are the words of an omniscient God. These words deserve careful thought careful reflection and sometimes passages will only yield their meaning after that careful search and investigation. Jesus ended the parables often. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Think about it. Reflect upon it. Think about the message. But i say A lot of the Bible is very clear and simple and plain. And we have to work at it to understanding. So this is the end of the story. And Jeremiah has come and told them what to do. And what did they do? What did they do? In verse 1 of Jeremiah 43, it came about as soon as Jeremiah. Whom the Lord their God had sent, had finished all the words, finished telling all the people all the words of the Lord their God, that is all these words that Azariah the son of Hashahiah and Johanan the son of Korea and all the arrogant men said to Jeremiah you are telling a lie. The Lord our God has not sent you to say you are not to enter Egypt to reside there but Baruch the son of Nariah is inciting you against us to give us over into the hand of the Chaldeans so that they may put us to death or exile to Babylon. So Johanan the son of Korea and all all the commanders of the forces and all the people did not obey the voice of the Lord to stay in the land. Verse 1 specifically says that the Lord had sent Jeremiah. Verse 1 specifically says he spoke to them all the words that the Lord had sent He is called Jeremiah the prophet to emphasize that he is speaking the word of God. But verse 4 and verse 7 will emphasize the people did not obey the voice of the Lord. They didn't obey, and they are described. A moment ago, we asked the question: Should we stay in the land? Or should we go to Egypt? Every one of you answered correctly. They're to stay in the land. These people understood that too. Because they say you're lying when it's what they don't want to do. And they do what they want to do and go to Egypt. Israel at this time is like Israel through much of their history and like much of New Testament Israel. They believed what they wanted really to believe. And they did what they wanted to do. When Jesus prayed in the garden Not my will but your will be done He was submitting to God but that is a struggle that we all face Is it going to be his way is it going to be our will or his will that is the fundamental issue that we all must deal with and how about you do you believe what you want to believe and do what you want to do Or do you come and say, "Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening." The preacher told me he got a call from a lady. It was in a congregation where he had spoken at a few times. It was not a regular preacher she had said she had an important question to ask him. They met at a public place, I think a restaurant, she was presenting to him her marriage situation. She had been married a few times. She was currently unmarried she explained her situation to the preacher and the preacher listened to what she said and she said in light of what i've told you do you think i should marry again he had heard the things she had said about her circumstance was trying to bring up Bible verses or brought up Bible verses and tied them to the situation. He said, I, I, I'm sorry if, if, if this is not what you want to hear. But he says, in light of what you've said, I don't think you should marry it. I think you should stay by yourself alone. She thanked him. She told him she appreciated what he said very much. They went home. He felt that he had accomplished something. Not much more than a month later, he gets the news that she is planning to marry. And he's done with this. He asked someone who had a closer relationship with her. She asked me about this. I explained it to her. The other preacher said, you weren't the only one. She talked to over 100 preachers. And over 100 of them told her She shouldn't marry. But she finally found one who said to go ahead and marry. And as soon as she heard that, she did it. Was she wanting to do her will? Just this past week, a friend that I was in college with was doing the funeral for his son who passed away at the age of 23. But he told this story. He said, there was a movie that came out that my son was so excited to see. So excited to see. It. But we looked it up and we investigated it. Particularly on the language. end, it was just right on the borderline of anything we would have allowed them to watch. He said it was right on the border. He wanted to see it so much. And so he said, I talked to some other young people who were Christians that I respected. And he said, I talked to a few of these and they said... That the movie wasn't that, and he said, "We gave him our permission. You can go ahead and go." And he said he didn't go. When he questioned. Why isn't it? Why is he didn't do that? He said, "I thought about it. If there's some question, why should I do that?" And his line, his line, he wanted to do what he thought was right more than he wanted. To please himself. Those are two different illustrations. That end out at two different points. Which side are we (coughs) on? May God help us to say not my will but your will be done let us pray oh Lord our God we acknowledge that as we look at this picture from your word. There are moments in our life in which this is simply a reflection of what we've done and how we've acted. That we have sought to do our will instead of yours and to walk our way instead of yours. Forgive us Forgive us, O God. Have mercy upon us. And may that not define the course of our lives. Help us to be people who honestly and sincerely walk in your way. If it's pleasant or if it's unpleasant, if it's easy or if it's difficult, if it's what we want or if it prevents us from doing what we want. Have mercy upon us. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here. May the profound truths from these chapters resonate in all our minds and hearts. If you want to become a Christian this morning, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, if you're willing to turn from your sins in repentance, be baptized. In the year we invite you to come.